0: I literally thought about going bankrupt because I was like, that would be easier, yes, painful and shameful, but then having to try to work through this. Welcome to the Success Club, the podcast where we delve into all things business, marketing, mindset, and how to succeed as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Shakira Jade, multiple seven figure business owner and business coach along with resources and actionable steps so that you can make your wildest dreams a reality. I invite you to be a part of the Success Club by subscribing to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's get into it. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am... Definitely bring you a little bit of a different topic today, and I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit nervous to talk about this topic, and actually, truth be told, I tried to record this episode months ago. I actually have been wanting to do this episode for quite some time, and I recorded it, and then I deleted the whole thing, and I just had a moment of like, oh my goodness, I can't share this much, this is too much, this is too... People aren't going to take me seriously. They're going to think I don't know what I'm talking about if I tell them about all the mistakes that I've made. But one of the things that I set out to do in this podcast was be as real and raw and honest with you guys as possible and show you the good, the bad, the ugly of running a business. And there is bad and ugly parts of running a business and making mistakes is one of those things that comes with the territory. So I'm just going to share with you my five biggest mistakes that I have made in business. So hopefully you guys don't have to make the same mistakes. Now, obviously this is a little bit nerve wracking. I'm a little bit vulnerable. So if you guys listen to this episode and you get any kind of value from it, or you can relate to some of these mistakes, definitely send me a DM. I would love to know that this is helping you guys somehow. That it's not just me rambling on about all my worst things that I've done and biggest mistakes that I've made. So definitely send me a DM if you guys can relate to any of these things um, or if it's helped you in some way, shape or form. But I definitely want to put that out there. Running a business comes with failures, comes with mistakes. And I have made probably more mistakes than I have good decisions. I have made a lot of mistakes over the time. And this is my top five or the five things that really stand out to me the most But there's definitely been way, way more than what I'm listing out here. And I just want you guys to remember that it is normal to make mistakes. We're human. We're not perfect. We all make mistakes. And something I've noticed is that if someone goes through some kind of failure in their business or they make some kind of mistake, they're often a little bit afraid to go down the path again or to try again. And this is what I really want to hone in on you guys and to really leave you with on this episode is that that is the key to being successful is just to keep going. Even when things aren't working, even when you feel like you're making mistakes or you haven't figured things out, you have to keep going because every single thing in business is figureoutable. Even if you made a mistake, even if something went wrong, there's generally a way of fixing it or correcting it so that it doesn't happen again. But what the worst case scenario is that you give up On business altogether, or you decide that you just don't want to do it because you feel like you're inadequate, or because you've made some kind of mistake that means you're not good enough or you're not smart enough. And I'm here to tell you none of that is true because I have made so many mistakes, but I'm still here and I just keep trying and I'm just doing my best. And that's all that I can do. So I want to really impart that on you guys beforehand. So let's get into the first mistake. I'm actually going to work these backwards. I was going to work them from my biggest to my lowest, but no, I'm going to make you guys wait till the end for my biggest mistake. So <laughs> I'm going to work my way backwards from number five. So number five was my delegation dilemma. So what I'm going to say is I should have started delegating my business way sooner than what I did I was absolutely one of those people that wanted to hold on to control of so many aspects of my business. I didn't think anybody could do it as good as I could, which sounds really conceited when I say that out loud. But I'm sure that's something a lot of business owners can relate to that. We just feel like we do everything so well. And then other people come onto the team and they just they don't seem to be as good as we are and they can't do the things as well as we do them. And then you start to get sucked into this pattern of doing all the things yourself or feeling like it's not worth having people helping you or feeling like it's just quicker if I just do it myself rather than put a system in place and actually teach them how to do things the way that I like them done. And this was definitely a turning point for me when I realized that I couldn't do everything myself. And then when I realized that I could actually hire people that were better than me and could do things better than me, once I changed my mindset around that, that's when my business really started to grow and really started to take off because I realized I can't do everything on my own. And actually I'm not the best at doing all of these things. So I'm going to have people help me. One of the biggest areas that I've found this made the biggest difference was when I hired someone as a I'm basically going to call it a integrated CFO. So this is where I hired my accounts team and they were their accountants and they basically do all the bookkeeping, all the payroll, all the tax obligations. But they actually then consult you on the finances in your business. So it's not just someone saying this is how to save on tax. This is how you need to be spending your money. It's a specific person who helps you with business strategy when it comes to finances. And if you don't have someone in your business like this already. Definitely. I recommend it depending on where your business is at. If you can afford it, it is so worth the money because they can tell you how to spend your money, where you need to cut back, where you can afford to spend more and look at the entire vision for your business and help you get there. It is honestly created a huge weight. It was a huge weight off my shoulders and gave me real clarity and real direction. And I wish that I had done that a lot sooner. It would have saved me a lot of headaches, a lot of stress, it would have saved me from getting into tax debt and getting into credit card debt and all those financial mistakes that I made. One of the other really big areas that I noticed it made a difference was was particularly in my wholesale and e-commerce business. Now, Ricky, who came on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, she's the operations manager in the wholesale department, and she is absolutely incredible. She came from a company that was doing big stock ordering. They had a really good stock ordering procedure in place. She came into my business and was able to help with the stock and the stock control. Now, this is something that I was trying to figure out With the rest of my team for years, we could not figure this out. This stock control procedure. It was really challenging, especially with hair extensions, because we have to order two months in advance. We would have to pay for the hair and order now, but we wouldn't get it for at least two months. And we didn't know what we were going to need two months from now. And because the business was growing fast and it was kind of ever changing and things were evolving and new types of extensions were coming out and new colors were becoming popular, we really couldn't predict what we were going to need. And it was extremely difficult. And she's been able to come in and tremendously help with the stock control, make things way more in control and way easier on the business. And she, I can, will flat out say she is 100% better than me when it comes to, figuring out the stock. She has the experience. She has the knowledge. She knows how to get it done. And I wasn't able to work that out myself. So that's just one example of how bringing someone into your business who is actually better than you at something will benefit the business so much. And that's, I think my advice for entrepreneurs, or if you have your own business and you think that you are the best at everything, you need to start rethinking that. And I get it. I get that that's kind of how it can feel at times, especially in the beginning. But once you get a taste of hiring people who are better than you in their areas of expertise, then you start to look at everything completely different. And you're like, okay, wait, what other areas am I struggling in that I could potentially hire someone who's better than me to make that part of the business even better. And then I can focus on my zone of genius and the things that I'm really good at and spend more time in that zone. That's when things really started to change in my business. And I would recommend that you work towards that as soon as possible. Don't wait as long as I did to figure this stuff out. So my fourth biggest mistake was, I should say, my leadership missteps, I'm going to call it. So times when I really wasn't the best leader that I could have been. And I feel like a big part of that for me was communication. So there's definitely been times in my business where I don't feel like I've properly communicated things to my team. So whether that's my vision, whether that's my goals, even to what I expect of them as a team member or what I expect them to do in their jobs, I have definitely failed at communicating. And I'm going to be honest, it's still one of my weaker points. I'm working really hard on it and I'm trying to be as communicative as I possibly can, but it is still a struggle for me because I just naturally am not that way inclined. I might the way that my brain works, I tend to make a decision and then I want to action it immediately and I forget to tell other people about the decision that I'm actioning that might affect them or might affect their job. So this is something that I've really had to work on and I'm continually working on it. But it's definitely really bit me in the butt in the past where I haven't communicated things properly. I also have made the mistake of employing managers in the business before who thought that they were the only ones that could do the job. So I've definitely had managers come in where they want to kind of, I guess, place themselves on top of everybody else and they don't want anybody else to succeed or rise above them. They don't want to educate others. They don't want anyone to be as good as them because they want to be the top dog in the business. And this really affected my business because I noticed my business became really bottlenecked when I had someone like this managing the business. And one of the things I learned through reading leadership books, the one book that I absolutely love is called The Five Levels of Leadership. And it talks about how to be an amazing leader, how to be a level five leader. Basically, a level five leader is a leader who can teach other people to be leaders and can get them to lead others. But then that leader can then teach other leaders. So when you go through the five steps of leadership, the first one is like, you're just a leader because that's your position. That's the position that you were given, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have the respect of the people that you're leading and your team. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have the qualifications to be a true leader. And then as you work your way up the levels to level five, that level five leader is someone who is really leading others. And you can have people come into your business that appear to be good leaders at first. So they might get to level one or two, where they're actually able to lead the team really well. They're able to be a really good leader and they're able to, you know, give direction and give feedback and have good communication. But if you have someone that doesn't want anyone to be as good as them, or doesn't want to train anyone to be a leader, then that is going to bottleneck the business. So you want to look for leaders in your team that not only can lead themselves, but that want to train people underneath them to be the best version of themselves, to to rise them up basically, because you essentially want to always be training yourself out of a job. Me, for example, with my operations manager right now, she runs all of the salons for me. So I have trained her. I've spent four years with her now. We've been working together and I have been training her and mentoring her to be a leader and be the kind of leader that can train other leaders to be the same as her. And she also, this is Lori. She was also on my podcast. She also has that same mentality that she's trying to train herself out of a job. So she wants to make sure that if she wants to go on maternity leave, or she wants to take a holiday, she's got someone ready to step into her position that can do her job to the same level that she can do it at any point in time. And it's such a, Amazing way of thinking too, because a lot of people in that situation might be thinking, I don't want to train someone who's as good as me, because then what if I'm replaceable or what if I get fired and they put that person in my job instead but that's actually not how it works. I look at someone who is a level five leader and who is prepared to train people and essentially train themselves out of their job as such an asset to the business. That is what I want every leader in my business doing. So this is something that I've really had to learn over time. I did not see it this way in the beginning. I definitely didn't communicate to my managers what I expected of them, that I expected them to create leaders beneath them. And I probably didn't put as much effort into giving my managers and anyone that was a leader within my organization the the time and the effort to really train them into being a true leader and what we really needed in order to grow the business. So don't make my mistake, (laughs) definitely invest in the managers and the leaders in your business, anyone that is taking charge and that is really stepping up and showing you that they want to lead and they want to be more within the company invest in them and give them the the training and the mentorship never worry about them taking your job or taking your position or starting their own business or any of those things you always want to invest in your team you should never let any of those fears of negative things happen hold you back because investing your team is always going to pay off trust me so the third mistake that i made and i haven't gotten to the really good mistakes yet so This is just the third middle ground mistake, I guess, is the cost of moving too slowly. So as you guys know, I've had my business for 17 years this year, which makes me sound incredibly old. I wish I could say that I started my business when I was five years old, but no, I did not. (laughs) But I've had my business 17 years and I definitely have moved way too slow way too slow. I've moved at like a sloth's pace to be perfectly honest with you. And it's so funny because people look at where I'm at now and they say, "Oh, you're so successful and you know, you've done so well and you have this multi-million dollar business and all these team members, like it's so amazing how fast you've grown." And I'm like, "Fast? What? 17 years." I'm like, "Some of my staff were only just born when I started my business. That's how long I've actually had my business. I've had it a long times. So literally most of my staff are in their early twenties. So they were in primary school when I started my business. So it's been a very long time that I've been working at this business. And honestly, for probably the first eight years, I didn't see a lot of movement in my business. It was pretty consistent. I did open and close a salon and then went back to working from home and then opened another salon, but my income stayed pretty consistent. My client levels, everything was pretty consistent for a long period. And it wasn't until I actually got a business coach and I actually started taking things seriously and I started implementing systems into my business that things started to change for me. So for the first eight years and eight years is a long time, I was putting in effort. I was being consistent. I was really trying to just make a living. That was my goal at the time was just make a living, get by, have freedom and flexibility because I didn't have to have a boss. And I really wasn't thinking of the bigger picture. I wasn't thinking how I could make genuine, real profit and really good money. I wasn't thinking about how I could implement systems and scale my business. I was just kind of cruising along. And I guess that was fine for the time that it was. I was in my 20s and I wanted to travel and I wanted to spend time with my friends and I wanted to do other things. My business wasn't really the center of my life and it wasn't my number one priority. But I moved slow and I kind of regret it in some ways. I wish that I had moved faster. I wish that I had to put a higher priority on scaling my business and educating myself more and just taking more risks because that's what it really came down to. It was fear for me. It was fear of what if I do this and it doesn't work out? What if I invest in getting more hair extensions and it doesn't work out? This was a constant battle in my mind. When I started selling hair extensions, I knew I needed more stock. But I'd already invested like $20,000, I think, in stock at that point, which felt like so much money to me at the time. And the thought of having to keep investing more and more and more, it was really scary. And I was like, what if this doesn't work out? What if I can't make it work? And I was terrified. So fear really held me back. Perfectionism held me back. I always felt like if I couldn't have the very best, then I didn't want it at all. And I wish that I'd just taken action, just taken messy action and just... Gone with it and just done it because I would have been so much further along in my business journey and I would have also been way more ahead of the curve. I definitely was ahead of the curve when it came to hair extensions because I was one of the first people doing them. There was no competition, there really wasn't anyone else that was doing them. So it was kind of actually quite easy to get clients because. It wasn't really like a big competitive thing back then. I was the only one and it was a new thing that was coming out. So it was like exciting and I had a lot of people wanting to book in. So it actually, I was ahead of the curve, but then I just kind of backed off. I took my foot off the gas pedal essentially, and I could have been a lot further along. And another area of my business, which I did this in was my coaching business, which is probably the reason why you're listening to this podcast now as a part of my Shakira Jade coaching I have wanted to be a business coach for probably at least five years. I would say I really started taking my business seriously about nine years ago, I would say. And so then about five years ago, it was really successful and doing really well. And I was like, okay, I know how to create a successful business now. I know what I'm doing and I want to help other people. And I started attending some mastermind groups and meeting other people. I ran my own little mini mastermind with a group of business owners And it was so much fun. I loved it. I was like addicted to it. I just, I was so excited and I really wanted to get into business coaching, but I honestly just being straight up, let the fear hold me back again. I thought, what if I actually don't know enough? Like what if my business isn't successful enough? Even though it was successful at that point in time, it was definitely turning over multi million dollars a year. I had a team of people and it was definitely doing well. And I definitely could have advised people on business, but I really let that fear hold me back. So I did do it for friends and people that I knew. I made myself very approachable for people to ask me questions anytime they wanted, people that I knew. I'd always have business chats. I would coach friends. And then I did actually do a little free mastermind. I think it was about two years ago. Now I started and I helped a group of people with their businesses, but I just kept getting stuck in this fear mindset and this slow moving sloth moving business. It's kind of funny to think about myself as a sloth, but that is kind of how I moved. I should have moved way faster. I knew it was something I wanted to do. I knew there was a demand for it. People were literally asking me for my services and yet I just let so much fear hold me back. And now that I've actually done this business, I... I absolutely love it. It's so rewarding for me. I love coaching people. It is, I feel like it's my true passion in life. It lights me up so much and it makes me so happy and I feel so satisfied. And I can't believe that I didn't do this sooner. I can't believe I've been missing out on this joy all along just because I let the fear hold me back. And I also feel like I'm not ahead of the curve when it comes to this industry. When I started telling people that I was becoming a business coach So many people said to me, like, oh, everyone's becoming a business coach. And it's true. There are so many people out there now becoming business coaches, life coaches, mindset coaches. I feel like during COVID, like the year 2020, it just absolutely exploded. And I keep thinking if I had started that business five years ago, back in 2019, when I originally wanted to, when I was running my little mini masterminds. I could have had a really successful coaching business by now and been serving so many more people and really making a big impact like I wanted to make. I would have been ahead of the curve had I done that when I had actually had the urge and had the the desire to do it. So I do definitely feel like that was a mistake. And if I could go back in time, I would have done it a lot sooner. So don't make the same mistake as me. If you have that urge or you have something that is on the back of your mind, then definitely give it a go because you also never know you might be ahead of the curve and you might be one of the first people doing that. And it might seem a bit obscure. It might seem a bit out of the ordinary, but you could be part of the next biggest thing, or you could be the first one who was going to be part of that next biggest thing. Like I was with the hair extensions. I still think to this day, the fact that my business became so successful was because I was so ahead of the curve and I was prepared to learn something new, try something new, offer a service that nobody else was offering. And it ended up working out for me. And now we're one of the longest standing companies in my area that does hair extensions. There've been so many companies that have come and gone and we have stood the test of time. And we're one of the longest standing companies that provides the services that we provide. So my advice to you is if you have something that is on your mind and especially if it's not being done yet. I mean if it is being done that's also fine. There's the market's never too saturated to give something a go because you are you and that is your superpower. And that is also what I'm telling myself with my coaching business that yes, there might be a lot more coaches out there right now, but they don't all have a business. That is my edge. I actually have successful multi-million dollar businesses. A lot of these business coaches don't actually have a business and let alone a successful business. So that is my edge and I'm sticking to it. But if you guys have something that is on your brain or something that you're thinking, like feeling that itch that you really want to do, there is no time like the present to go and do it. You don't want to leave it until it's completely saturated until everybody is doing it. And you've kind of got to then fight a lot harder for attention in the marketplace. So definitely do not move like a sloth like I have. (laughs) And look, I'm probably being really hard on myself. That is my personality, always being very, very, very hard on myself. But I just really want to impress on you guys the importance of acting in a timely manner. I really hope that that is coming across to you right now. In a fast paced world, time is everything. And for busy business owners like you, efficiency is key. That's why I use Flowdesk, the ultimate email building platform designed to save you time and skyrocket your business success. With Flowdesk, creating stunning emails is a breeze. Say goodbye to complicated interfaces and coding. Flowdesk's user-friendly editor empowers you to design captivating emails in minutes. They also have amazing automations which help you to save time and money. If you've ever gotten an email from me, you would have seen the beautiful design as I use Flowdesk for all my emails. Flowdesk offers a vast collection of templates crafted to match your brand's unique style. If you are interested in trying Flowdesk on a free trial, you can go to shakirajade.com forward slash Flowdesk to find out more, or use my code shakirajade at checkout to save 50% off your first year. Join myself and thousands of other entrepreneurs who use and trust Flowdesk. Okay. So mistake number two, (laughs) my product expansion pitfall is what I'm calling this one. So this is to do with my wholesale and e-commerce range and my hair products. So I don't know if you guys have seen my range of hair candy hair products. They're designed for hair extensions. They're beautiful. They're amazing. And I'm very proud of them, but boy, was it challenging to get these products onto the shelves. It was such a huge ordeal. I did not realize how big of an ordeal hair products would be because I've been importing products. I've been importing tools and hair extensions for a long time. Products is a whole nother ball game completely. Do not recommend starting your own hair care range. By the way, there's plenty of other things that you can do. This is a really challenging one. So originally I wanted to start my own hair care range. I wasn't going to create the formula from scratch because that costs an insane amount of money. I just wanted to use a formula that was already designed, but something that was specifically going to work well with hair extensions. So I worked with a manufacturer in China to come up with a formula. I tested a bunch of different products, shampoos, conditioners and hair oils. I just wanted to start out with three. So I was like, I'm going to start out with shampoo, conditioner and hair oil, keep it really simple and see how it goes. So I tested all the formulas. I then also got to choose the scent as well. So I tried different scents and I ended up going with one that was kind of not overbearing, but it was a really nice scent. So that was how I got to creating the products range. And I didn't want to do custom packaging because I thought, you know what? It's my first go at this. I don't want to invest a ton of money in minimum order quantities to get custom packaging. So I'm just going to get a nice white bottle and have them put a nice pink label that matches my brand on it. Perfect. Great. Easy. Did the first round of products and they looked great. People loved them. We had a really good response and we ended up selling out of all the products. I think within, it was definitely under one year, which I was really happy about because we had to order 3000 as the minimum order. So I was happy to sell out within a year. That was good to me. I was, I was proud of that. So anyway, for the second round, when I had to reorder, I decided to expand the range Decided to add three more products, a heat protectant, a mask and a blonde shampoo. And I also decided that I wanted to do custom packaging for this new round of hair products. I found the packaging that I liked. I was messaging with my supplier. I really wanted to get the color of the bottles. Correct. It was really important to me that the bottles had the right shade of beige. Um, I had to look through a million different Pantone colors to find the right color and hope that it was going to be good. Make sure the color matched the bottle. I did the design all myself, which probably also was a mistake. (laughs) I probably should have got a graphic designer to do the design, but anyway, I, was, you know, figuring this stuff out and I ended up doing it myself and the bottles looked good. So the bottles came out nice. I was really happy with them. We did have to go back and forth to make a couple of changes. And then we finally decided on the right bottles. I was really happy and we decided to go ahead. So the bottles go into production and one day I get a message from my supplier and she said, we have a little bit of a problem with the blonde shampoo. So I'm not sure if you guys know, but blonde shampoo is purple. It is like a dark purple color and basically it's purple so that it counteracts the yellow tones in the hair, makes the hair look more clean and less yellow and less warm toned. So she sends me a photo and because the shampoo and conditioner were clear and like a white cream kind of color, the blonde shampoo, which was a bright, dark purple was completely showing through on the beige packaging. So when you would look at the bottle, it looked like this ugly, dark purple color. It's supposed to be like a nice light beige and it was this ugly, dark purple color. And I was like, I cannot believe that I have just made this mistake. And I've paid for 5,000 of these bottles and now we can't use them. Like I can't sell this product and I was like, what are, what are we going to do? Like I said, can you go back to the factory and get them to remake the bottles or coat them with something or do something to fix this problem? Um, I was also really annoyed at the supplier that they hadn't picked up on this. Like they are a hair product supplier. That is all they do. So I was surprised they hadn't come across this issue before, that I was the first person they were having this issue with. Um, I guess I just trusted them that they would take care of it. But Yeah. That was a massive problem. So we ended up coming up with a solution in the end where we coated, we we put a sticker on the outside of the blonde shampoo bottles. So now the blonde shampoo bottles look slightly different to the rest of the range. They still kind of match, but they do look a little bit different. It's not again, the perfectionist in me is like dying on the inside because this is not what I want for my range. But then on the other hand, I also don't want to waste 5,000 bottles and all this product that we've invested in. I just think it's not smart really to waste <laughs> that amount of product. So I was like, I'm just going to release it. I know the product itself is very good. We've had such good feedback about the product itself. It really, it tones blonde hair really beautifully. People really love the product. So I'm like, well, that's, I guess at the end of the day, the main thing, the product is good. The product itself is really good. So That happened with the blonde shampoo. And then (laughs) we had an issue with our spray. So we have a new product coming out, which isn't even released yet because we still haven't sorted this problem out with a spray pump top and everything seemed fine. All the test samples we had seemed fine. And then we got the products and we released them to our team members to get them to all trial it and see what they thought. And some of them every now and again, were having problems with the spray pump. And I was like, well, we can't sell these products with this spray pump because it's if it's blocking and it's not working properly, it's just not good enough. And it's not what I want for the brand. It has to function properly, even if, you know, with the blonde shampoo, the bottle didn't look perfect, but it it looked it looked good enough. And the product and the function itself actually worked. But if the function of the spray bottle doesn't work, then we can't sell them. So now that's been a whole other ordeal that we've been trying to work out. Alongside that, we had bottles leak when they got sent over and they got sent over by sea as well, not by air. So I don't understand how they leaked. We had bottles leaking. We had, honestly, there's just one thing after another with these hair products. It's been so crazy and so frustrating. So that for me was a big pitfall. I guess a couple of things that I've learned from this was that I probably should have done more testing. I should have ordered more samples. I should have had all the samples sent to me. So I should have got them to put the blonde shampoo in the bottle and send it to me. I just didn't think of that at the time. But now that I've thought about it, that's what I should have done. I should have ordered multiples of each product so I could have thoroughly tested all the spray pumps. I just learned a lot from this. So, yeah. Yeah. And then also, I guess, the value of design and proper packaging. I wish that I had a, had a designer help me. Maybe they would have saw some of these issues and sorted them out sooner. And then, I guess, trusting. I, I just don't trust the supplier now because... I feel like they screwed me over. They they are a hair supplier, hair product supplier. And I just expected that they would have experience with these kinds of things. But it is really challenging when you're dealing with people from another country. There really is no accountability. You can't just go and, you know, it's not like dealing with someone locally where you could go down and be like, hey, this is not good enough, or I'm going to leave you a bad review or something like that. Like there's no consequences, essentially. It's no accountability. There's no getting your money back. There's no nothing. So it sometimes just has to be a loss. I'm hoping with our spray bottles, we can get new spray bottles replaced. We've also been continuing to test it to see if the spray tops are okay. Cause it seems to be only every maybe one in a hundred that seems to have an issue. So we are working through that issue, but I just wish that I had done things a little bit differently so that I didn't have to go through that in the first place. So my biggest takeaways for that are definitely do your market research do testing if you're ordering ordering samples of anything order multiple samples and test them out. If you are, you know, got clothing or you have any kind of product, wear it, wash it, stretch it, iron it, do anything, everything you possibly can. This is something we did with our hair extensions when we first got them in was we washed them, I'd wash them with dishwashing liquid, I'd wash them with everything I could cuz I'm like These need to be able to survive anything. So let me test all the most harsh products on it I can possibly think of. And I'm going to try heat and I'm going to straighten it on a high heat. I'm going to do all these things to try to see what the actual quality of the hair is like underneath. So I wish I'd done as rigorous testing for my hair products as I had done for my hair extensions. But I think I just got so comfortable importing products and in trying new product ranges and bringing new things in. And I hadn't really had too many issues. So I just trusted it way too much. So try and try again and sample and really make sure things are good. And then my biggest mistake, this brings me to number one, my most shameful, (laughs) my most uh, stressful mistake was my tax and debt trap. So when I started my business, I had an accountant who I had actually never met before. That was someone that my parents had used in their business and I'd never met him. I'd never talked to him on the phone. I just sent him all my paperwork. So we didn't really have much communication. We didn't have much of a relationship and it's not necessarily his fault, but I, now that I have amazing accountants who really are so invested and involved in my business, I realize the difference between someone who's just a tax accountant who doesn't necessarily have the full picture of your business in mind, as opposed to a business advisor or an accountant who can actually be like a CFO in your business and actually help you make decisions and analyze what's going on in your business. This person was not that person. So anyway, I ended up getting into tax debt and then I also ended up getting into credit card debt. And sometimes when you're running a business, it's not the worst thing to have a credit card. but if you end up with multiple credit cards and then you can't keep up with the repayments or the interest gets too high, then it can definitely become an issue. And I really did not manage my finances properly. I really did not pay. I didn't pay attention to my tax. I was kind of paying things like randomly. I didn't have a clear system and structure in place and I wound up $200,000 in debt. And at that point I was only making about Maybe $50,000 to $70,000 a year. I can't remember. I need to go back and look and see exactly what it was that I was making. But all I remember was the stress. It was so stressful. I remember thinking, I've got to work for four years full time, give all of my income just to pay off this stupid debt that I've incurred. I was so mad at myself and I was so stressed out. I used to wake up in the middle of the night feeling stressed. I used to get anxiety attacks. It was so stressful. Stressful. I really let it overwhelm me and I just didn't know what I was going to do. I really just, I felt, and I felt like such an idiot. I just felt like I shouldn't even have a business. Like I, I clearly don't know what I'm doing. I've got myself into such a mess. And I used to think too, like this is how people lose everything. And one of my personal limiting beliefs that I've had for a long time and I, I have worked through it to a degree. It does rear its ugly head every now and again, but that's the belief that if I make one false step, I'm going to lose everything. And in this moment, I was like, this is it. This is my false step. I'm going to lose everything. Uh, Everything I've worked so hard for is going to be out the window. I'm probably going to have to go bankrupt. I literally thought about going bankrupt because I was like, that would be easier. Yes, painful and shameful. But then having to try to work through this, through this huge insurmountable debt that I had, I was very, very stressed about it. So what did I do? Well, I took a risk and I decided to, you know what? I've already $200,000 in debt. Let's just spend another $5,000 and get a business coach, (laughs) which was so crazy. I was thinking to myself, I really need to pay off this debt. I should be putting this $5,000 towards paying off my debt. But something about it just felt right. I just thought, you know what? If I don't do this, I am gonna lose everything, and I'm not going to find. I'm not gonna find a way out. My life's gonna be miserable. I'm gonna be stuck with debt, no business. I'm gonna have to get a job, and it's gonna take me forever to pay it off. So why don't I just chuck in an extra five thousand dollars, which is already a lot of money on top of what I was in debt, and hope for the best? So I chose an amazing coach who I absolutely loved. And she helped me tremendously. Not only did she help me figure out what to do in my business and how to put systems in place and how to, you know, make sure my finances were in check and in order. She helped me with my mindset. She was like, you know what? It's okay. A lot of people get into debt. This happens to a lot of people. You're not the only one. You don't need to worry. You will figure it out. You will get through this and everything's going to be okay. Let's work on your mindset. So she really helped me work on my mindset to be able to get out of debt, to be able to figure out how to run a business. So when I truly started, that was when I truly started taking my business seriously. And in the same breath, I also hired my current accountants who are financial advisors. Again, big investment. They were a lot more expensive than what my tax accountant was previously charging me, but I knew that's what I needed. I knew I needed that that professional opinion. I knew I couldn't do it on my own. I clearly wasn't doing well at doing it on my own. And I really needed them to step in and give me some guidance. And even though it was an investment and I was scared to invest that money and I didn't know if it was going to pay off, I thought I could potentially end up in more debt than what I currently am. I just knew I had to do it. And it was the best decision that I ever made because it got me out of debt. I'm really proud to say that I was able to get completely debt-free within two years which is amazing. I was so, so happy that I was able to get out of that position and I was able to clear myself of all debt. And I remember making that last payment and just feeling like I own the world, like I could do anything. It was such a good feeling because I was able to fully get out of debt, fully start fresh and just have that clear, clear mind. And just even the fact that I was able to work through it for those two years I'm still really proud of myself for that because I was working hard for two years, putting a huge chunk of my money onto my debt so that I could pay it down as quick as I possibly could. But I just kept thinking the whole time, if I can pay, I think it was like $10,000 a month I was paying towards the debt. Once I pay this debt off, I am going to have an extra $10,000 a month in my bank account. Like how exciting is that? I tried to look at it as like an exciting thing. Like if I can make this $10,000 payment every month, imagine how I'm going to feel when the payments are done. And then that 10,000 a month gets to be mine because I'm clearly making that money already. I'm clearly bringing that in. This is just going to be like amazing feeling. And I'm going to feel so rich and I'm going to feel so good once I pay this debt off. So I almost turned it into a little game in my mind of like, yes, you're paying it right now, but imagine where you're going to be when you've paid it off. And that really helped me to get through that time period. So Definitely don't make that mistake. Make sure you get yourself a good financial advisor. And I would obviously recommend business coach. I am available for bookings. If you would like to talk with me, Um, I'd love to help you through whatever it is that you are going through in business. And just know I've made mistakes too. You don't ever need to be embarrassed or shameful. I have just bared my top five mistakes with you here. So you understand I make mistakes as well, but I've learned from them all. And, you know, I love being able to share with you guys things that have worked, things that haven't worked so you can not make the same mistakes that I've made. And again, please send me some love after listening to this. I feel like I've just bared my soul on the internet for everyone to judge or critique or who knows, I don't know, maybe you guys are inspired. I hope you're inspired. So if you are, please send me a message or comment on one of my My videos and let me know that you enjoyed the episode or if you related to it or found any kind of value in it. This episode in particular, I would love some feedback on. So, and also just remember as well, all of our mistakes are learning opportunities. If you can start to view your mistakes or your downfalls or anything that might happen as a learning opportunity, you're going to come out on top. You are absolutely going to be able to look at negative experiences or things that haven't worked take the best parts from them, take the silver lining, and you'll be able to create something truly amazing. And you'll be so resilient and you'll be absolutely unstoppable. Trust me. I feel like anything could come my way now and I'll figure it out. I'll find a way because I honestly feel like nothing could be bad as what I've been through. So bring it on. (laughs) So now I want to talk about my favorite thing. So A while back, I came on here and I talked about my skincare. I said that I had revamped my skincare routine. I was starting to use a brand called CeraVe and look, it didn't go as well as what I had hoped it did. I've got really oily skin and open pores and I loved the products at first. I felt like my skin was responding well. But then over time, my skin started to get really oily and I was like, oh, I think this is because these products aren't working for my skin. That's not to say the brand itself is bad or anything like that, but I think the products I was using just weren't really working for me. My skin was getting so oily to the point I could feel the oil on my face and it felt heavy and sticky. It was really bad. So I went back to a salon that stocks Dermalogica, which is what I was using before. Still my favorite skincare. It's just a very expensive, unfortunately, but it is the best. But I went in and I told her what I was having. And she's like, look, CeraVe is not going to harm your skin. It's not a bad product. It is dermatologically tested and all that, but it's not going to necessarily really work out your skin and give you amazing results. That's why you need a pharmacist. No cosmeceutical skincare grade, which is like Dermalogica. It's, um, she said it's cosmeceutical and it will really work on the deeper layers of the skin. So went back to Dermalogica, spent a little bit of money there as you do when you're working with a high-end brand. And honestly, within three days, my skin improved. I couldn't believe it. How quickly it turned around. My pores started to shrink. The oil was gone. Didn't have to touch my makeup every two seconds. My face didn't look like a mirror by lunchtime. It was amazing. I was so shocked at how fast it actually worked. Um, and now I'm just straight back to Dermalogica. I love it. It's yes, it's expensive, but like anything, you get what you pay for. Um, So I've been using my Dermalogica and absolutely loving it. I've also been getting sucked into TikTok skincare routines as well. So one of the ones that I noticed was this method where you double cleanse. So you use an oil cleanser first and then you really emulsify it into your skin and then you wash your face and then you use a water-based cleanser. And this is great for me because I wear a lot of makeup. I don't wear makeup every day, but when I do wear makeup, it is heavy. It is the good stuff. It's the last 24 hours all day kind of makeup. It's thick, heavy makeup. So using that oil really helps to lift all the makeup off my skin. And then using the water-based cleanser helps to just cleanse and actually clean out my pores. So my skin's looking a whole lot better. I'm much happier and Also, I felt kind of guilty that I recommended the CeraVe products in the podcast. I was like, oh, I don't know if I should have recommended them. You know, I hadn't been using them that long when I said that they were one of my favorite things. But that is what this segment is for, is for me to just talk about my favorite things, talk about what I like, what I don't like. If things ever don't work out or if there's a recommendation that I gave and I want to renege on it, I will come back on here and let you guys know if it didn't work out. But so far, everything I've recommended has been grade top quality so just the skincare I would recommend Dermalogica that is my new favorite and again it's what works for you it's not the same for everyone you might use something else that works for you and that's amazing it's different for every person but if you're on the hunt for something and you haven't tried Dermalogica and you haven't found anything that works give it a go I really love it thank you so much for listening to today's episode I hope you enjoyed it it was fun for me to record it I'm glad it's finally done it's finally out there and I'll see you guys back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it or got some value from it, please share it with a friend who you think might like it. Also, if you're feeling extra generous, it would mean the world to me. If you would leave a review on Apple podcasts, this helps me to reach more people and spread my message to those who need it the most when growing their business. Thanks once again, and I'll see you here next week.